and welcome to Pause Pop, Positively Pop Culture, where we talk about things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm K.W. Taylor. And I'm Carrie Gessner. And today we're discussing the new Hulu comedy series Reboot and the Paramount Plus movie Significant Other. Yes, once again, we have very diametrically opposed things. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've seen some ads for Reboot and it looks cute, uh-huh. but I haven't yes. watched it yet. So tell me what it's about and why you like it. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm really enjoying this. It's only been on since uh, late September, and it's coming out weekly. So by the time by the time you hear this, it's going to be almost done. It's going to end uh, late October with a eight-episode first season. And I don't know if it's been renewed, but it's getting really, really good reviews. Anyway. Okay. The premise is that there was an early 2000s sitcom called Step Right Up, and it's being rebooted with the same <laughs> cast. <laughs> and, and this time around, like, this was not a real show, by the way. It, was, it has a certain full house kind of feel to it or step-by-step yeah. or something, like a very generic TGIF <laughs> ABC sitcom. Yeah, okay. And the premise of the original sitcom was that there was a family of a wife and a husband but the husband was the second husband, and there's a teen son, but the ex-husband, who is the son's father, is still hanging around, and he's a real, like, crazy character. And so it's a little bit of, like, the the wife is still dealing with both of her husbands and this, <laughs> this teen son. So that was the sitcom. But now what we're seeing here is those actors coming back together along with people who are like the showrunners and the writers and the behind the scenes people. So it's kind of like, it's almost sort of three, three sets of people in a way, because we do see a little bit of the sitcom within the sitcom and then the actors and then the writing staff. And um, Keegan-Michael Key plays Reed Sterling, who is a Yale trained actor. And he is the stepfather character in the show. He is the reason the show ended in the first place, because even though it was successful, he decided he wanted to do theater and film and was too big for this thing. And so he left. So his fellow actors were kind of annoyed with him. Uh. And then Johnny Knoxville plays Clay Barber, who is like supposed to be a stand-up comedian, and he played the ex-husband. Um, and he's kind of a similar sort in real life. He's a real mess and has had substance abuse problems and is just just a weird guy. Then Judy Greer is Brie Marie Jensen, who played the mom on the show, and she supposedly retired from acting because she married the Duke of a very small country, <laughs> and then they got a divorce that was very, very messy. Wow. So she hasn't even been in the States for 20 years. <laughs> And then Callum Worthy plays Zach Jackson, who was the former child actor, but he's now like, I think he's supposed to be in his 20s, but he's actually the real actor is in his early 30s. But he's playing it like someone who never stopped being a preteen. So it's incredibly cringy and awkward and weird. <laughs> and he has like a Justin Bieber haircut, like an early Justin Bieber haircut, like the swoop. Okay. <laughs> and it's just, oh, he's like upsetting almost. <laughs> His whole life, he was a a teen and a child actor, so he has no frame of real-life reference of anything. So when he encounters a situation 
or like a concept. He's like, oh, that was just like my movie. And he'll rattle off some really bad <laughs> direct-to-video thing that sounds like something that the Olsen twins would have been in back in the day. So, And they all have like very punny titles. And it's just really, oh, it's just awful. But then the behind-the-scenes people, Rachel Bloom from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend plays Hannah, who is the indie film screenwriter who she gets a deal with Hulu to revive the show, and she's going to be the showrunner. That's meta. It's very meta. There's actually a whole character who is just a Hulu executive. (laughs) But she wants to showrun it by herself, but then it turns out that Hulu wants her to do it with... Gordon Gelman, who's played by Paul Reiser, who was the original creator of the original show, and she feels really squeezed out. And then it turns out that he's actually her estranged father, for real. Oh, wow. Like, they knew that about it. The viewer doesn't know it, but they, oh, they knew okay. that about each oh, other. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I don't know that Hulu, the the in-show Hulu, didn't seem to know that. They were very confused why this like indie filmmaker wanted to reboot this kind of dumb sitcom. And she's right. like, oh, I'm obsessed with it. But it's because <laughs> her dad created it. So gotcha. And there's a there's a bunch of other like writers. Basically, what happens is that Hannah and Gordon end up running the show together, but they each bring in their own like half of the writing team. So half of the writing team is these youngish, like 20, 30, early 40 something millennials who are very woke and they're like trying to make more progressive comedy and then the people Gord brings in are these like old comedy writers from like the 70s and 80s who are extremely politically incorrect and inappropriate and weird (laughs) but over the course of the little bit of the season they've started to respect each other's comedy a little bit and it's kind of working and it's it's sort of cute to see the the generational collaboration okay and yeah, so there is this little Hulu executive, Elaine Kim, played by Krista Marie Yu, and she's never run a show before for a network. She's not even, like, she's barely understanding television. She was like a computer programmer or something and kind of fell into this job, but she liked the original show a lot. So that is okay. why she's kind of their liaison with the, the service. But it's really, like, a lot of it is about this group of people who has not seen each other in forever trying to figure out how to work together again. Reed and Brie had had a relationship when the original show was on, but now Reed is in a long-distance relationship with a serious girlfriend, so there's some tension there, and Clay is trying to get clean from his alcoholism, and Hannah and Gordon are trying to reconnect after being a little bit estranged, and Zach is kind of trying to, like, I don't know, his motivations are super (laughs) unclear. But, yeah, and... There's a lot of like veteran character actors among the writing staff, but yeah, and a lot of awkward cringe comedy. Zach's mom ends up kind of hitting on Clay, and that's really awkward and weird. And the fact that Zach still brings his mom to set at like <laughs> 28, 30 years old or whatever, that's yeah. also not great. <laughs> but there's also a lot of times when Gordon is trying to bond with Hannah and he just embarrasses her and like he tries to set her up on a date at one point and it's just like it's i don't know this poor father trying to make up for lost time and it's just not always going over very well so but it's i think it's very like it's a mix of sort of shocking and cringy humor but also kind of moments that are a little bit heartwarming which is sort of on brand for probably what the original 
fake sitcom should have been like, you know, um, that things, you know, family still matters and that this group of actors is kind of like a family and the writers are becoming like a family and the father and daughter are getting closer. And so, yeah, it's an interesting blend. And I, for whatever reason, I really like TV shows about making TV shows. Like Mm -hmm. I really loved episodes and stuff like that. So I don't know. It's just kind of fun to see. And it ends up also just being kind of a workplace comedy too, which I also enjoy. So yeah. yeah, And it's just, I I like Paul Reiser. I like Judy Greer. I like Rachel Bloom. I like Keegan-Michael Key. I don't, I don't really like Johnny Knoxville too much, but he's not (laughs) bad here. Okay. And um, so he's tolerable. Callum Worthy is upsetting. I I mean, he's probably (laughs) playing this well. He's playing this well, but it's such a weird character so I, I think he used to be on like nickelodeon shows or some or disney channel shows when he was you know okay. in his actual team years so interesting. <laughs> yeah cool that sounds interesting yeah it's really funny i i i don't know i feel like you would probably like it i mean give it a try give okay. it a try yeah yeah the the whole making television part and not included the premise of the sitcom itself reminds me a little bit of cougar town oh yeah yeah which one of our friends is watching is re-watching right now and yes telling us all about we sh- it we should have her on to talk about cougar town when she is done but yeah that'd be yes cool yeah the the title of the show is a little like it's annoying it's hard to search <laughs> for and stuff and uh i don't think it's I mean, but in a way, it's kind of talking not just about reviving this fake show, but reviving relationships mm-hmm. and sort of cleansing yourself in certain ways of, of emotional baggage and bad habits and, and growing up. So, I mean, in some ways, it's not the worst title. Yeah, right. They could have called it Step Right Up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like this idea obviously came about because reboots are happening like all over the place yeah right mm-hmm. what, so does it have anything to say about that in itself i'm just curious i think a little a little bit because i do think they're trying to because hannah is always like we need to make this be a little bit more important and better than it was the first time around okay that people have like a lot of nostalgia and affection for stuff that may not have been that good to begin with. <laughs> yeah. So if you're rebooting something in an era of prestige television and all this, you do have to like kind of elevate it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think as they're going, they're finding the that keeping it a little bit more simple and heartwarming is a genre and that that yeah. isn't the worst thing either. So yeah, I think I think they're commenting on that. But to a certain extent, a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. We haven't actually seen a full produced episode of the new show in show yet. So I think maybe that is something that we'll see by the end of the season. I don't know. But cool. Yeah, that was I, I mean, on episodes, that was something that they were struggling with. And the premise of that show was that they were adapting a British sitcom for American audiences. Mm-hmm. And in the translation, they made it stupider, <laughs> which made the writers really upset. But they also found some things to like about it and some, you know, reasons why it would need to change in the adaptation. So I think they're kind they're kind of seeing the older writers are seeing the benefit of the younger writers on staff and how they are breathing new life and updated sensibilities into it and making it less, you know, 
bland um, in certain ways and making sure that it's not offensive or or sort of behind the times a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's there. It's not probably as front of the premise as you would think from the title. Um, they talk about that a little bit in the first episode. Oh, I do have to mention one cute thing that they do. Every episode of season one so far is named after a different sitcom. Oh. The first episode is just called Step Right Up, but the second episode is called New Girl, and the third episode is called Growing Pains, <laughs> and then we get Girlfriends, What We Do in the Shadows, Bewitched, and then that's all that's aired so far. So oh, that's cute. <laughs> Isn't that cute? Yeah. Which, but on the other hand, that's going to make it harder to look for these on IMDb. Oh, later. that's also true. <laughs> But I will also mention this was created by Stephen Levitin, who is a very, very seasoned TV screenwriter, showwriter, and creator. Some of the things he created were Just Shoot Me and Modern Family. And so he's kind of, I do think the Paul Reiser character is a little bit of like <laughs> self-insert there. But, you know, they've got a really good writing staff. Or, and Keegan-Michael Key is actually one of the producers of the show, too. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And he's great. I I just enjoy everything that he's in. So Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I have to check it out. Yes, you should. Uh, but you checked out something very different. I don't know too much about this. So I'm intrigued yeah. about this movie that you watched. <laughs> I actually didn't know a lot about it going into it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this movie is called Significant Other, and it is on Paramount+. Plus. In the past week or so, I... We get on to Paramount Plus and it shows a little ad for it. And I only saw like the Pacific Northwest, forest and hiking. And that's about it. And I, oh, no. <laughs> I was just like, oh, that sounds interesting. Or it looks interesting. I don't really know what it's about. But like, it doesn't look too gory, but it looks scary enough for spooky season. So that's mm-hmm. kind of why I started watching it. And let's see. So it was written and directed by Dan Burke and Robert Olson, and it follows a couple. Ruth is played by Micah Monroe, and Harry's played by Jake Lacey. And one of the things that I actually thought was really cool about it is the cast is very tight. IMDb has eight people listed. I honestly thought it was fewer than than that. (laughs) But you basically see Ruth and Harry throughout Mm -hmm. they have the most screen time and then there's another couple who has a little bit of screen time later but it's really tightly focused on these two and more than that is heavily heavily focused on ruth Mm -hmm. so ruth is this couple has been together for six years Mm -hmm. and harry is big into hiking so they're doing this multi-day trip I don't know how long they're supposed to be gone, but they're somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, like Washington or Oregon or somewhere. And I would probably know if I knew anything about the Pacific Northwest because <laughs> they say exactly which trail they're on, but I don't know anything oh, about. Oh, are they on there. the Pacific Coast? No, something. No, not the Pacific thing from Coast Wild. Highway. No, not well. No, there's like the equivalent of the Appalachian Trail, yeah, but on the Pacific side, and that's what the book and the movie Wild was about. Yeah, I think I thought it was called the Pacific Coast Highway, but even though it's a trail, I don't know. Oh, maybe I don't know. Pacific Crest Trail. Sorry. Yes. Okay. There you go. 
that, not that anyone needs to know that. We're probably going to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's not that. It's it's like something about the red trail. I don't know. I got oh, okay. the sense that it was smaller than the Pacific Crest Trail. Okay. But yeah. And it goes directly into the woods. Oh. Or like, maybe it's the portion of it. I don't know. I don't know, people. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a fictional trail. It might be a fictional trail. <laughs> it's not that important. <laughs> okay, so they go on this trip, and they're going to be gone for a while, like multiple days at least, because they've got tents and like cooking gear and stuff like that. And she is very nervous. She, early on, you find out that she has extreme anxiety, and she takes medicine for it. And they set up kind of an interesting thing because she's a big surfer. So she is adventurous in her own way. But like, this is not her landscape at all, really. Yeah. And the fact that I think it's multiple overnights also makes her really nervous. So he's just like, trust me, like, I've done this trail like four times. We'll be fine. So I thought... This was going to be, like, a survival story, and it kind of is, but it's also a monster story. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. So, right before they go on, they start the trail, they stop at this little, like, Bigfoot burger shack, which is very small, and Uh this kid comes out and tries to take their their garbage before they're done, and he's just really nervous. I don't want to say twitchy, but like he's on edge and he's like, did you see the, the, the red meteor that came down the other day? And that's something you see at the beginning. I should have started that with that. Sorry. <laughs> but do you, you see like a red meteor? Mm-hmm. And they're just like, no, like we're not done with our burgers. Can you please go away? <laughs> <laughs> and then what happens is it's like day two or something of this trip and Harry proposes to Ruth and Ruth is so upset because she, they've been together for six years and she's obviously made it clear that she doesn't want to get married because her parents had a really bad marriage and like, she just doesn't want to do that. And she doesn't, trust herself not to fall back into those patterns and she ends up having like an anxiety attack like Mm. on the edge of this cliff where he's trying to (gasps) propose and it's just like oh "Oh, this is so bad for both of you (laughs) like this is not going well and they get back or they go further down the trail and they camp for the night and like everything is tense and weird and they try to talk about it, and Harry's just like, no, that's okay. like, I should have, like, I thought you would change your mind by now, but obviously you haven't, so blah, blah, blah. And, gosh, I don't even know how much to tell you. How, do you think you're going to watch this? It sounds good, yeah. Okay. Well, and also our listeners might watch it. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay, so, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything, because honestly, the way things unfolded, I was like, what the heck? Oh. And it kind of kept me riveted. So oh. I don't want to spoil things for you, but I will say that there is, like I said, it's monster story. It's something bigger than they are, just in terms of, yeah. not necessarily size, but like yeah. scope. Mm-hmm. And 
they are in the middle of this like weird tense fight when stuff starts to happen and they have to start thinking about survival. (laughs) And that's all I'm going to say. Okay. But it was very good. I have the feeling, you know what? I don't know that I don't have the runtime in front of me, Mm -hmm. but I have the feeling that it wasn't very long or it didn't feel long. Yeah. Because I kept trying to guess what was going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. And let's see, how much can I say without giving stuff away? (laughs) (laughs) There are definitely some very surprising moments, like shocking moments. There is a little bit of gore, but not that much. And a lot of it takes place at night. So there's not a lot of, like, you can't tell that much. It'd be worse in the daytime, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I really liked that this had such a focus on Ruth. Mm-hmm. I think Micah Monroe did a really good job. I I actually haven't seen her in anything else, but apparently she's pretty big in the horror genre. Oh, okay. And I think it had some really interesting and sad things to say about mental health. And like positive ones too. Mm-hmm. But I'm still sort of turning all of that over in my head and trying to figure out where it decided to land, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's very surprising. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good tight movie. If you want something that has sort of an indie feel, I don't actually know if it's indie. It's on Paramount plus. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it has an indie feel to it and it's very much like a character study. And uh, if you want something that fits with spooky season, but it's not necessarily too too gory, mm-hmm. and it it's it it's a little bit of a thriller. You want a little bit of a thriller? I would suggest this. Cool. Yeah, that sounds really good. I think I may check that out this weekend. Yeah, I think you should. Please tell me what you think about it if you do check it out. Will do. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, if you are interested in watching that significant other as I said, is on Paramount+. Plus. And if you want to watch Reboot, that is on Hulu. And next week, we'll be talking about more great pop culture stuff, so be sure to join us then. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find me on Twitter at KWTaylorWriter. And me at Carrie Gessner. And you can find the show on Twitter at Podcast. You can also find our website at PositivelyPopCulture.com, and from there you can find the link to the merch store, as well as our email, PositivelyPopCulture at gmail.com. And please rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Stay healthy and safe, and join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. <laughs> <laughs>